If you will turn with me in God's word to the back of the Bible, 1 Peter chapter 2. As we begin our journey together, as here is the church. I don't know about you, but I was taught as a child about the church. I had a godly mother, a godly grandmother. I'm so grateful for that Christ-like love poured into my life. And the church was kind of described to me as a young boy this way. Maybe you heard, here is the church. I'd hear, well, here's the church. And here is the steeple. And if you open the door, you will see all the people, right? All right, looks like some of you had the same instruction I did. But my mom was very talented. With just a slip of the hand, it looked very similar. She would say, well, here is the church, and here is the steeple. Open the door, and oh, there's no people. It must be Saturday. Say, that's pretty impressive. (laughs) Well, it's interesting because really, although I know that she was trying to teach me about the truth in the church, really, that little jingle is quite misleading. Because when it says, well, here is the church, it's, it's pointing to a, a building. Uh, here is a steeple. It didn't even mention basketball goals. Don't know about that. But here is the steeple. And open the door. And, and then here are the people. The people were inside the church. You see, that's not a biblical definition of the church. As a matter of fact, according to God's word, the church is the people. And so when we open up the door to see all the people, we open up the door to see you, to see me. And as we see you and we see me, guess what we see? We see the church. You see, the church has never been, never will be a building. It's not a particular edifice. The church is not a separate 501c3 or legal entity. The church is God's people. It's those who have been called, called into a relationship with God by by trusting his son Jesus as Lord and Savior. That is what scripture says is the church. And so this morning as we launch on the series of here is the church, we are going to begin with the first most important is here is the church and we're it. (laughs) We are the church. Because again, when we talk about the church, not a what, but a who. As we look at the church, and if we are the church, how important is it for us to see the church rightly? If this is who we are, we must see ourselves rightly. But even more important, more critical, what's ultimate is that we see ourselves as God sees us. Because if we are not just the church, we are Christ's church, where Jesus is the head of the church, We have to have God describe the way he sees us, who we are and what we are to do. And I got good news. You're not going to believe the way God sees us. Because I know what the mirror tells you, because it tells me the same thing. And I know what your life proves over and over again, that you're like me, you're broken. You're like me, you're sinful. You're like me, you're, you're stained, you're flawed. But when we turn to who we are in God's eyes, who we are in Christ Jesus, what he calls us as his church is absolutely beautiful. So here's the most important thing. It's not how you see yourselves as a church. It's how God sees us and makes us the church, which is ultimate. Because of that, we're going to look to God's word and have God describe to us 
who we are. And the beautiful thing about God's word, whether you start in Genesis or you make your way all through Revelation, when he talks about his people in scripture, it's always one people. As a matter of fact, we're going to be way in the back of the book. We're going to be in 1 Peter, and we're going to pick up language that Moses used to describe God's people. Why? Because this is who the church is. This is who the church has been. And this is who the church will forever be in Christ Jesus. Let's hear these words that were inspired for us by the Holy Spirit through the pen of Peter as he describes you if you are a part of Christ's church. He says this to us in 1 Peter 2. I'm going to read 9 through 12. He says, you are you're a chosen race. You're a royal priesthood. You're a holy nation, a people for his, God's own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Beloved, I urge you, as sojourners and exiles, to abstain from the passions of the flesh which wage war against your soul. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable, so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. Let us pray. Father God, these words that echo in our ears have to resonate in our hearts. Some of the words are old and some of the words are kind of religious sounding. Chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. But God, these are important words because they say that the church is your treasured possession. And God, I stand before you, a broken sinner, asking that you would do that which only you can do. Would you please describe the church? Would you please be the teacher? Would you speak through a broken vessel like me your clear and beautiful truth? Give us ears to hear. To those you have called out and are still calling, let us hear Jesus' voice. Give us minds to understand. Understand who we are and whose we are. And God, I pray you give us hearts to believe. In our hearts where they're just cold because of sin or, or dead because of unbelief, that even today, that marvelous light, the marvelous light of the gospel will shine into every single heart that is here for your glory. And Father, we ask that you would be with us in such a way that you would empower our feet to walk, as your word would say, children of light, as imitators of Christ, because we're your dearly beloved children. And Father, that you would proclaim your excellencies even through our lives. God, the things that I say that are wrong or that are merely my opinion, may those things fall away and be forgotten. But the things that are said that are true, that contain the good news of the gospel, your church needs to hear those things. So would you use those things to make us more like your son, our savior. And it's in his precious name that we pray, amen.
according to God's word. There's some good words in there, aren't they? It's basically saying that the church, it's you, it's, it's me, that we are the church. And we are the ones who've been called out of darkness. It's interesting, the Greek word that describes church is ekklesia. And ekklesia is really, it's kind of a compound word. Uh, it uses the, the Greek word to call, those who are called. And ek is kind of that prefix that means called out. And so in the most rudimentary way, the church is those who have been called out. And the question we got to ask ourselves is, what are we called out from? Uh, what are we called into? And we're going to see what are we sent out to do. And only God can tell us that. And he says that we are the ones who have been called out specifically of darkness. It's interesting the words he used to describe us, by the way. Did you hear them? You're chosen. It's not a bad thing to say. Of all of God's creation, he says you are, if you're a church member, if you're part of Christ's church, you're a chosen race. You're one of God's own choosing. And you read the scriptures closely, you realize that God chooses because, you know what? He chooses. It wasn't because you were prettier. It wasn't because you were holier. It wasn't because of a life that you were going to live. God just loves sinners like you and me. Loves us so ridiculously much, he says, there was some I'm just going to choose out of darkness. I'm going to call them out of darkness. They're going to be my own possession. The question probably is, is what is darkness? Are you afraid of the dark? Have you been? You remember the time you were afraid of the dark? How about parents right now? You're dealing with some kids that are afraid of the dark? Well, well what do you do if a child is afraid of the dark? You shine the light. Let me show you what's really there. Flip on the light. You have nothing to be afraid of. Look in the light. Look at there's nothing. There's nothing under your bed. The, the, you know, the boogie monster's not there. But for Christians, when the Bible talks about darkness, this is something that we should fear. Because darkness, scripturally, is the absence of God. I mean, darkness, according to scripture, is, is where there's no life. Darkness is where there is futility. Darkness is where sin reigns and separation from God and a, a holy God and man exists. That is what biblically says is darkness. And that is what God calls us out of. God so graciously in the gospel of Jesus Christ says to you and to me and to our lives, I want to call you out of the futility of life. I want to call you out of deadness. I want to call you out of isolation. I want to call you out of bondage. What do we do to the criminals who are the worst? I mean, I guess the worst of the worst, they might be executed. But what about the ones who you just need to punish the most severely? It's solitary confinement. It's putting, putting a place without light, without relationship, without real life. It's put in there. That is punishment. That is torture. That is hell. And God's word describes that is life apart from God. It's darkness. It's isolation. It's separation. Nothing grows. And by God's grace, the gospel of Jesus Christ, the church, are those who are called out of darkness. It's basically saying this, that the gospel of Jesus Christ is going to bridge us to God. Because in God, we will find life. A life without him is truly dark. Well, how does God call us out of darkness? This is amazing. Does he yell, you who, 
those of you out of darkness, let me, let me call you right now. Let me call you really. How, how does God call us out of darkness? This is amazing. He enters into it. You remember when your mom called you home for dinner? You had to be within earshot. If you didn't wear an earshot, you didn't, you didn't hear. Well, why didn't you come to dinner? I couldn't hear you, Mom. Well, Jesus, to come and get us, entered into the darkness. And to get some of us, he had to go pretty far. And here's, here's the beautiful truth about the gospel of Jesus Christ. There is not a place that you have been that is so dark that the light of Christ can't make its way to it. Did you understand that? And that there's not a darkness in the world that, that the good news of the light of the world, Jesus Christ, can't shine truth into it. The gospel of John begins this way. John 1 starts off this way. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. And the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. And this, is, this is word is Jesus. And all things were made through him. And without him was not anything made that was made. In him, in Jesus, was life. And the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness. And darkness didn't overcome it. Didn't understand it. It would say in John 1.14 that this word put on flesh and dwelt among us. Why? Because Jesus is the light of the world. How in the world can God call you, call me, out of darkness? How can he call our lives out of futility? How can he call us out of bondage? He entered into the darkness himself. What an amazing God that we have, who not only calls us out of that, but in Jesus frees us from darkness, frees us by embracing the darkness himself. Whatever darkness you've experienced in life, I gotta tell you, Jesus experienced more, even as the light of the world. It was on the cross of Christ that God would send his son to come rescue us and so he could call us out of darkness. And, and the only way he calls us out of darkness is if there's a sacrifice made for sin. And, and on that cross of Christ, the holy lamb of God, the spotless son, the eternal son, is going to become your sin and my sin. And for the first time in eternity, the second person of the Trinity, God, the son, is going to experience hell. And what is he going to experience? The hell he's going to experience is not just your sin and my sin. The hell he's about to experience is separation from God. Darkness. The whole earth would grow dark. But even more was the reality that he was alone, that he was isolated, that holy God couldn't even look on his own son because he was the filth of your sin and mine. And it was at that moment he cried out, and he didn't use Abba, Father, and he didn't use tender terms. He cried out and said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? See, Jesus entered into the darkest hell of separation from God so he could call you home, so he could call you out of darkness. Katie and I were talking recently, and it's been, by God's grace, five years since uh, her cancer. And she was just retelling to me recently about the reality of this, this passage on the cross that she realized that Jesus was separated from the Father so that no matter what happened to us, we would never be separated from the light of Christ. Never separated from the Father. God called you out of darkness. And if you've been, listen, if you've been called out of darkness, the only way you get called is if Jesus got close enough to you for you to hear his voice. And the only way he can get close enough to you to hear his voice is to become your sin. 
And the only way we get called out of darkness is the cross of Jesus Christ. And that is who the church is. The church is those who have been called out of everything that is futile, everything that is death, everything that is bondage, everything that is separation from a true and living God. That is good news. That God calls sinners like us out of darkness and he keeps calling us. What's the matter with us? Why do we still go back? And he sets us free. We still have a tendency. Do we not have a propensity to run right back into the dark? Not only does God call, but he keeps on calling. And he keeps on calling. There's even more than that. He not only calls us out of darkness, there's more. He calls us in to his marvelous light. If you are the church, you are the one who's been called and freed, truly freed from your sins, freed, and you are called out of darkness. But you're more than that. Listen, you're more than just called out. You are called in, into his marvelous light, into his family. Does our nation have a problem with, what do we do with the illegal aliens that are showing up at our borders? I bet you I could divide the room right now, red and blue. What do we do with them? Does anybody have a real good solution for what we do for illegal aliens trying to gain access to our country? I mean, aren't we kind of a country that started with illegal aliens kind of showing up and creating our country? How, how do we do it? How, how do we embrace them? I'm really glad I'm not a politician. It's much easier being a preacher. But I want to tell you, God doesn't have the problem that our nation does of what do we do with all these strange people at our gate? Do we let them in? Do we accept them? Do we give them citizenship? Do we give them rights? Do we provide for them? Do we give them clothes, food? Can they vote? You know, the, the amazing grace of God, listen, is not only does he call us out of darkness, he calls us in, and not just into his marvelous light, but you ready for this? He calls us into his family. He calls us into relationship. He calls us into this marvelous relationship of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit that's been going on for eternity. And he doesn't just call us into family. He gives us all the rights. He says, Every right that my son Jesus, as the only begotten son, the the obedient son, every right that he has, I'm going to give to you. I'm going to give it to you. If you are the church, I'm going to give you the privilege of calling my father your father. As a matter of fact, I want you to pray to him and use these words, Abba, Father, the most tender and dear words. I I want you to know there's a father in heaven. He's, He's for you and he loves you. Don't be afraid of him. I bridged the gap. And and now that we have been called into family, we have this privilege, this privilege of of, of this love that's lavished upon us that we should be called the children of God. You ready for this? And that's what we are. We're the church. We're part of the family. Christ is our head, our father. We cry out, Abba, Father. If we're the church, we're also connected to one another. You sit next to your brothers. You sit next to your sisters. You sit next to those whom Christ has died. I mean, we are family. We're going to be family for eternity. And the reality is that you've been called in. And it's not just called in so it's you and Jesus and this warrior relationship that the two of you have all by yourself. God never calls his people just into a relationship just with him. It's always with family. God is huge about family. It's always about us with one another. And that's who he's called us into, his marvelous light. He is our head. He is the head and we are the body and we have this amazing relationship not only with him but with one another. You know the good news about this? Not only did he call us out of darkness, 
he called us into something so much more than ourselves. He, he, he's given us a life that's so much better than just our little lives. He's called us into the very family of God. If you could see that being called out of darkness is freedom, being called into the marvelous light is life. It's being fully alive. The beautiful thing about this is we don't have to find life apart from him. Life reigns in us because of him. Jesus said it this way, I've come to give you life. I've come to call you and I've come to give you life. And the life that he gives to us, it's eternal. It's, it's abundant. But how does he do it? Let's don't forget it. The life that he gave us, he came to give us life and life abundantly. He came to call us into the family. You ready for this? The only way Jesus can call us into the family is because he got cast out. It's the gospel. I mean, come on, let's be honest. You and I belong to the family of God? Come on. We did, never can we do it. How in the world can we be a part of the family? We deserve to be banished. We deserve to be like cast away. And the gospel of Jesus Christ is this, is that God would take his own son and cast him away on the cross to become our sins so that Jesus had the authority and the right to call us in and call us into the family. And that is what we are. It's incredible. Now that that light shines in us. You know, I've said this in the past. Uh, Christians can be considered, we, we can equate ourselves to the moon. I originally got this from Louis Giglio. I think it's a great analogy. Have you seen the moon lately, by the way? It's been amazing. They say it's like every time, like every six months, it's the biggest moon ever. I don't know. Maybe it's growing. But the moon apparently was really big. And I, I, one morning this last week, uh, we went to swim, and the moon was out over uh, the area where we swim. And, and the guys I swim with thought I was like nuts. I just go, look at the moon. Whoa, it's incredible. Look at the moon. It just shakes. Quit talking. Start swimming. But look at the moon. If you think of the moon, it's all it is is dust. It's all it is is dust. It has no light in and of itself. The only way it is beautiful in the light is if it gets in the right relationship with the sun. And in the right relationship with the sun, that dust reflects absolute beauty. You see, that's who we, you and I are. We've been called out of darkness. And yes, we've been made out of dust. But we get ourselves in the right alignment with the sun, Jesus Christ. We shine. It's his marvelous light in us, through us. For his glory. We are the church if we're those who are called out. We are the church if we're those who are called in. And we are the church if we are those who are being sent out. And sent out to do what? To proclaim his excellencies. This is the language that Bible uses. He says, you're a royal priesthood. I mean, that all of us, I'm not the priest and you're not, but together we're royalty because King Jesus is our Lord and Savior. And all of us, what does a priest do? A priest tells God's story. That's what he does. A priest basically, listen, two things. A priest represents God to the people, and he represents the people to God. That's what a priest does. And he's basically saying to us now that you've been called out, you've been called in. You and I are to represent God to this world. If you're the church, you ready for this? We're the, we're the place that says, thy kingdom come, Jesus. Thy will be done. We're right here on earth. We're the place... We're the place, it's like a culture of heaven. It's like a community of heaven right here. We're the place where heaven and earth are to meet. And how do we do that? Well, we live in submission to Christ as king. We live on mission for Christ as king. You read through the Bible, it's been always God's intention that you and me, the church, 
We're the storytellers. We're, we're, we're the one to fill the earth with his glory. We're the one to prove to the world that he lives and he's real and he loves and he rescues. It's always been God's intention to use his people to tell his marvelous story in a dark and dying world. We're his instruments. I've come to a conclusion in my life. There's a, something really, really bad that's happened in my life. It's not that bad, but just this week I realized I'm at that stage in my life where I have to take the trash out again. My boys are both going to college, and although one's not going far away, Monday night and Thursday night, I can't bark out, hey, trash night. Don't forget, Thursday recycling, get it down there. Now I'm at the stage in my life where I got to take the trash out again. You know, I'm 48 years old, and I'm kind of at the uh, reality that the problems in the world are kind of mine. Have you lived your life like me? Have you always thought about the things you hear about in the world that aren't really your issues? Are you like me when you hear about the things in the church? They really aren't your issues. When you hear about this stuff, you always are thankful for those people who are doing those things to, to help with those issues, that they aren't really our issues. And, and the more of the issues of the world that come to me, I'm realizing it's kind of my generation. I can't get away from it. I'm 48. I'm like right there. I can't hide anymore. Well, here's the point. You and I are the church. We are the ones who've been called out of darkness. We are the ones who've been called in his marvelous light. We are the ones that God right now wants to proclaim his excellencies throughout the world. We are the ones, we are the church. We represent God to a dying world. We are the church. What happens in Iraq, our Christian brothers and sisters being beheaded, we are the ones that are responding, should respond. We are the ones to be brokenhearted over the devastation of sin in our country. We are the ones. We are the church 24-7 now. It's not somebody else. He's asked us, he's calling, take out the trash. Pray for those in persecution. Clothe those who are naked. Love those who are abandoned. Proclaim the excellencies of, 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 of who I am and what I've done in your life. You know, church isn't going to get over in a few minutes. Church doesn't end. You know, you're the church tomorrow morning. We're the hope of the world in Christ Jesus. Jesus says, I'm the light of the world. And I've come to shine in darkness. And now that you are in me, you know what he calls us? The light of the world. The aroma of Christ is here. The presence of Christ is here. We are are the church, and we are being sent out to proclaim his excellencies of how, how he loves and how he rescued us. And how do we do it? How do we proclaim his excellencies? What does that actually look like? I got to tell you this. It lives, living your life like you've truly been called out of darkness. What does it look like to proclaim his excellencies? You're free, live like you are. Your sins have been forgiven, don't forget it. Don't go back into bondage. If you've been called out of darkness, live in the light. Ephesians 5 says, be imitators of God as dearly loved children and walk that way, walk as children of light. 
It says, don't have anything to do with the deeds of darkness. Expose them. Bring the light of Christ. How do we do that? You live your life in fullness of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You live your life as a freed son and daughter of the king. You don't leave here trying to earn something. You don't leave here trying to wonder if you're good enough. You've been called out of darkness. Don't go back. You're free. You're loved. Not only that, you're alive. You've been pulled into a relationship that gives life and meaning and purpose, and God's never going to let you go. Don't, for a moment, try to find life apart from Christ. Don't, for a moment, try to find identity apart from him. How do you proclaim his excellencies? By living your life as his son, living in freedom, living fully alive, and living connected to Christ Jesus' fruitful life, saying, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven through my own life. You see that, that, that start with my mom, here is the church and here is the steeple. It's not true. Here's the church. Here's the church. Here's the church. Here's the church. Are you a part? That's the question. Are you a part of the church? If you can raise your hand and say, yes, I am, well, how do you know when you've been called out of darkness and you're putting your faith and trust in Jesus? How do you know I've been called into his marvelous light? If you are the church, go and proclaim. He's sending you out. It's always the pattern. If you're not a part of the church, it's not membership at Orangewood or membership at Summit or Northland or some other place. The church, this is, this is God's people. He's still calling. Are you a member of Christ's church? Have you been called out of darkness? If not today, Today, run into his marvelous light. Be free, be alive, be fruitful, because he still calls. And for those of us who have, live your lives pointing to Jesus and all that he does in and through us to proclaim good news. We are the church. Let us pray. Father, we don't have words to articulate the depth of love that you have for us. That not only would you call us out of darkness, but that you would love us enough to send Jesus into our darkness. And God, that is just incredible because he had to find us and call us in some really dark places. And God, we thank you that your love doesn't stop there that it's not enough for you just to call us out. You have to call us in. It's not enough that we could stand on the border wondering, can we ever pass through? But you say, come in. Come into my marvelous light. Come into my family. And Jesus, the only way that we could ever be called in is if you were cast out. And we thank you for the cross. And we thank you that you would become our sin so that we could become your righteousness. And we thank you for that reality that through that exchange by your grace through faith is that we belong, we're alive, we're part of the family. And God, it's in your wisdom, not mine, that you decide that the church is going to proclaim to this world good news. And we're to do it in word and deed. And we're to do it with our very lives, that we are the church 24-7. And God, I pray that the gospel of Jesus Christ would free up this pastor and cause them to be alive, and cause them to be fruitful. 
for the kingdom's sake and free up this church so that we can proclaim the excellencies of the glorious one who would call us out of darkness and into your beautiful light, into your family for your glory. God, we pray that we would take serious the charge to be the church. It's, it's our time. It's our responsibility that the things that break your heart in this world should break ours. <laughs> and you've called us to be the remedy in, the God, in Christ Jesus. You are it, Jesus, but we are yours. We're your instruments. May we shine for you. We pray in Christ's name. Amen.